Welcome to The Hungry Soul with Rachel Foy, Soul and Food Freedom Intuitive. Take a seat and make yourself comfortable because here comes a new soul hunger bite. So welcome to episode 25 of The Hungry Soul. 11 signs that you have a hungry soul yourself. So have you ever felt yourself feeling a bit lost? Bored? Lonely? Maybe fed up? Perhaps even wondering what the point is to all of this. And I know that that's a little bit deep to start off today's um, conversation, but hear me out. Maybe you find your hand in the biscuit tin far too often. Maybe telling yourself that you'll start your diet again on Monday, never midweek, of course, because that would be a crazy thing to do. And what about opening a bottle of wine at the end of a busy day? And before you know it, your one glass turns into three Now, before you convince yourself that the solution is a new diet or an eating plan or a six day a week exercise regime, maybe it's more willpower, more discipline, more motivation. Have you ever considered that perhaps the problem is that you have a hungry soul which isn't being fed in the way in which it's craving? So let me explain. These are 11 signs that you have a hungry soul. So take note, make a mental bookmark as to how many you have. Now, I believe for 14 years that I wasn't good enough until I lost weight. I wasn't happy enough until I lost weight. I wasn't this enough. I wasn't that enough. And I spent 14 years of my life being a diet-obsessed, insecure individual who suffered from low self-esteem, feelings of not quite being good enough, and debilitating anxiety with panic attacks thrown in for good measure. And I was hungry for so much more in my life, but I didn't know what that was and I didn't actually know how to feed it. Now I thought that food was my problem and I thought that my body was also this barrier that was keeping me from my happiness in terms of her weight and her size and her shape and I thought that my lack of willpower was my issue. I thought that my inability to stick to plans and programs and regimes was the reason that I felt like I did and It turns out that my struggles with food were symptomatic and symbolic and so metaphorical because unbeknown to me, I had a hungry soul, a real deep hunger which left me starving for so much of my adolescence and when I was in my 20s. No stuffing down an entire cake fed me momentarily, but that hunger returned. It always came back and so did the guilt, so did the shame, so did the disgust. And without realising it, food had become my only source of pleasure and happiness and contentment and satisfaction. And it became the replacement for the job that I felt bored in and the relationship that I felt unsettled in and the country that I felt disconnected to. Now, this quote, I think, sums this up beautifully. And it's, to a hungry soul, food is an obsession. Yet to a satisfied soul, food is just food. So trying to fix this food stuff, it got me nowhere except down a path of food obsession and body hatred and weight fixation and my happiness never improved. My self-esteem didn't get any better, ultimately nothing changed and I was still lost, still stuck, still disconnected and my own personal journey has taken me on some crazy experiences but it's been one of the most exhilarating if not scariest at times, which I'm really, really grateful for. And I now work with women to help empower them as they work on listening to their soul and trusting their hungers and feeding themselves what they're truly hungry for. So let's get back to this. What is a hungry soul? 
So for me, a hungry soul is, it's an insatiable appetite for something. It's an emptiness, void, a permanent hunger for something. It's a feeling that something's missing, but you can't quite put your finger on it. And when our souls are hungry, they are starving for something. It could be adventure, um, travel, meaningful connections to people. Maybe it's joy, pleasure, passion, excitement. It could be so many other things. And all the things which we as humans have a right to experience and have in our lives. Yet sadly, many of us don't, which leaves us feeling unsatisfied. And it leaves us feeling, you know, empty, feeling hungry more often than not. And these are non-physical hungers which will never be found in the places that you might be looking at the moment. So how do you know if you have one? Well, here are 11 signs or symptoms which a hungry soul can display and can manifest. Now, you don't have to identify with them all to know that there's something which is wanting your attention. But I do suggest that you make a mental note of how many you resonate with and let go of any judgment, any criticism as you just listen to all of these and just see how many of them you can connect to. So one of the main symptoms which I had, although at the time I didn't know that this was a symptom or a sign of a hungry soul, was food struggles. Now, This is probably one of the most common symptoms of a hungry soul amongst women. Any kind of food struggle or dysfunctional relationship around food and eating, such as emotional eating, maybe it's binging, maybe it's food obsession, uh, food cravings, overeating, restriction, rules around food. These are all signs. These are all symptoms. And something which many of my clients over the years have been really shocked to realize is that any kind of struggle or issue around food, it is symptomatic. It's symbolic. It's surface layer stuff. It's superficial stuff in many ways, and that's why trying to fix the food stuff through dieting and restricting, it will never result in transformation, as you're trying to fix a bullet wound with a plaster. It's never going to heal. So how often have you tried to be strict with yourself when it comes to food choice? Now, how often have you tried to tap into some unknown amount of willpower when it comes to eating, or rather stopping eating? And how many times have you told yourself that you won't ever overeat again, only to find yourself doing it again within days? And that's simply because you're trying to address the symptom of the real issue. So let's take a look at this in a bit more detail, because it's really important to just have that awareness of what's going on. So when we turn to food for any other reason other than physical hunger, it's simply a substitute for something else. Your chocolate becomes a substitute for relaxation and a moment to just breathe in between the monotonous but busy day which might be your life right now. And cake can become a substitute for switching off from this overwhelm and the thousand and one what I call bubblegum thoughts in your mind. Like they stick, they don't disappear. No matter how many times you write them down or just try and ignore them, they stay there. And wine becomes a substitute for self-care after you've been rushing around like a mad-ass woman all day and the only chance that you have to sit down and it's almost your bedtime is when you open the bottle of wine and get the wine glass out and we end up feeding our feelings without truly recognizing what we're doing and dieting restriction deprivation beating ourselves up will not help you feel better about yourself because remember that fighting food is the surface level sign that underneath all of that, your soul is hungry for something. 
And we often inadvertently connect the something to weight loss, by the way, such as, oh, I'll feel better, I'll have more confidence, I'll be happier, I'll go out more when I'm 10 pound lighter, when I'm two dress sizes smaller, when I'm slimmer, when I'm more toned. So that's the first sign, it's about food struggles. Now sign number two is alcohol. And I mentioned it already, but just the same that we compensate and substitute things using food, we can do the same with alcohol. Now many women with a hungry soul can display binge behaviours with many of these symptoms and, and kind of um, signs, and drinking isn't an exception. Now binge social drinking is not uncommon, is it? And it might not even be in a social situation, it could just be at the weekend at home with your husband or your partner, and you get through a bottle or maybe two of wine, because it's the weekend. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with drinking alcohol. However, if you feel that you're doing this as a substitute for something else, or you're choosing to numb out, and these are things which you're really craving, then this is your opportunity to step back, to start digging deeper, and ask yourself, what am I really hungry for? Number three, compulsive shopping. Now, you try and resist that temptation and the urge to walk into a shop, but you can't. It's like the buzz that you get from just buying stuff and spending money, handing over your card, it's insatiable. And despite the bags of things like the clothes and the shoes, the bits of your house, there's always more to buy. And despite that guilt and the shame, it's like you can't resist buying stuff. Now I hear this so often, like many of my clients, they are compulsive shoppers. And remember that binge behaviour is quite common for women that have got hungry souls. And some of my clients have told me that they've blown thousands of dollars in one go on clothes that they're never going to wear. Because once they get them home, it's like the adrenaline goes, the buzz dies away and they're back to feeling the same again. They feel empty and flat and bored. And just like food and wine, shopping is just another sign or symptom of having a hungry soul. Because that buzz and the thrill and the adrenaline and that excitement, it temporarily fills the hungry spot in the same way that a huge bar of chocolate does or a slab of carrot cake. But it's just that it's temporary. Now, nothing permanent changes or shifts as yet another pair of shoes or a jumper or a dress. It's not really what your soul's starving for. So next time that you are tempted to max out your credit card, or you're feeling compelled to buy something new, what if you could stop and ask yourself whether this is what your soul is crying out for? Which often is not found in the shop that you're about to walk into. Okay, number four, feeling frantic and overwhelmed. So overwhelm's a really horrible energy to be in, isn't it? You know, it might present itself in the, the physical size of your to-do list, Every time you cross one off, you're adding three more things to the bottom. Or maybe it's that washing machine mind which just never seems to quieten down. Now, just juggling everything which life throws at us, it can be tough, it can be challenging. But how much of that overwhelm do we create and actually cause ourselves? Now, with only 24 hours in a day, and during which time we have got things which are non-negotiable, such as work and finding time to eat. Maybe you've got children, school runs, school drop-off, school pick-up. You've got a partner to fit in there. You've got a family to see. You might have pets. There might be doctor's appointments to go to. You need to sleep at some point, do the washing. Like, it's no wonder that so many women 
more so than ever, feel like they can't do it all anymore. You know, something has to give. And that something is often ourselves. We get to a breaking point where other symptoms begin to appear. And the more we try and carry on and tick off the things on this to-do list, the more overwhelmed, the more frantic we feel and the hungrier our soul becomes. Now, I personally don't feel like a soul-fed woman when I'm up to my eyes in household chores every day. So what about you? Now, I live for 14 years in this state of overwhelm and it's a really familiar place for me. It certainly has been in the past. Now, I'm living in that state of, I need to finish this yesterday and I haven't got enough time to get all this done. What am I going to do? The answer that I used to choose was food. Now, I'd, I'd stuffed that overwhelm down. I pushed it away, or so I thought I did. Yet the overwhelm was still there. And that frantic state of existence was still very much there too. So can you relate to that one? Now, if so, that's just another sign or another symptom of a soul which is hungry for something else. So number five short and snappy with people. Now this carries on really nicely from the point previously. When we are overwhelmed and we're feeling frantic, it's so easy to just start getting snappy and angry with other people, isn't it? You know, we've all done it. I've had days when I feel that everyone just wants a piece of me and by the end of the day, I feel like there is nothing left to give, so I lash out. And it's an inappropriate response and it often makes me feel really terrible and guilty. But it's something that I watch out for now because I know that when I'm snapping at my children because they've asked for a drink, they're a terrible mum, or snapping at my husband because he can't find the car keys yet again, I've no idea why that happens so often. It's actually not about them or their requests. It's my soul that's starving for something else. And 99% of the time, I'm in overwhelm at that point and it's a red flag for me to start intervening and to take action and to do something about it. Number six is the hamster wheel of monotony. Now I remember saying to my husband a little while ago that being a grown-up was rubbish. Now the days had become so similar that it was like oh I can't cope anymore and I went through this period at the end of 2016 when life just became so dull and so repetitive. It was literally like waking up to Groundhog Day every single morning. And that monotony, it was really stifling my soul. And the boredom was, it was beginning to eat me alive. And this hamster wheel of life was something that I wanted so desperately to get off, but I didn't know how. Because the schedule of our two small children, the structure of my business and the routine of also being a wife and a mum and a friend and a sister and a daughter, it meant that there wasn't much scope for spontaneity and adventure, which is something in the past that I really fed off. And it was something that my soul was once again hungry for, that spontaneity and that adventure. So if you feel like you are on a hamster wheel of monotony, like I did at the end of 2016, Pay attention, take note, because that is a symptom. It's a red flag for you to start intervening and changing what you're doing. Number seven is lack of interest or motivation and enthusiasm. Now, I remember a little while ago, as I am as I was saying, it felt as if someone had kind of stolen my mojo. It's like no matter what I did or where I was, who I was talking to, I had no enthusiasm for life in general. And... I did blame my weight on occasions, quite often to be honest. You know, I thought that my mood was because I was eating too much sugar 
So I tried to stop eating sugar and as predicted, ended up craving it and binging on it even more. And that feeling, feeling so um, lacking in motivation and enthusiasm or interest just in life in general, that can be an early sign of depression in some cases. So do be sure to get yourself checked out if you suspect that could be the case for you. But it can also be a sign that you are just being unfed when it comes to your soul hungers. And I know for certain I was hungry at that time for adventure. Now I was starving for spontaneity. I was craving more excitement. All three things are still really important to me now. So I invite you to take a step back from your seemingly lack of motivation and ask yourself if you could feed your soul whatever it was craving in this moment, what would it be? And how would feeding that affect your interest and your enthusiasm for life? Because you might be surprised at the answer. Number eight is insomnia. Now, when I worked as a clinical and cognitive hypnotherapist years ago, insomnia was actually one of the most common issues that I worked with my clients with. And people from all walks of life who struggled with some kind of sleep problem. And I realized really early on that for all of them, this was once again, it was surface layer stuff. It was a surface layer symptom of other deeper disturbances. And I very rarely helped them with sleeping, although that was the symptom which often improved. They always started to sleep better because instead what we did is we started focusing on the stress of the jobs that they didn't like or the anxiety of the relationships they were in. It could have been the loneliness and the sadness that they had from their recent separation or, or divorce or the boredom of doing the same thing every day or the melancholy of believing that their best days were now over. Now I could go on and on and on in terms of giving you examples but all of these are once again hungry soul symptoms. So if you are struggling with sleep at the moment in whatever form that might be taking for you, what are the underlying hungers which are not being satisfied? Because it's within those answers that you're going to find a peaceful night's sleep. It's not about fixing the sleep, it's about figuring out what's causing it in the first place. Okay, number nine is anxiety and state of panic. Now for about six months when I was probably about 20, I started suffering from panic attacks and they were, they were debilitating and they were scary and they were incredibly overwhelming and I would have, I would have them anywhere. Like sometimes I could be sat on a bus, I could have been in my house, I could have been in a cafe with friends. It made no difference where I was or what I was doing, that they would just happen and at the time, I honestly thought I'd lost my mind and I was going mad. And I felt totally out of control. I didn't know what to do. But unbeknown to me at the time, the panic attacks were just years and years of suppressed and accumulated anxiety. Now, I've learned a lot about people and myself over the years. And I have to say that anxiety is incredibly common. You know, certainly you've got nothing to be ashamed of if you suffer from anxiety yourself. So why don't we ever choose to explore this further? Because I never did. Like I, I knew that I was an anxious person. I knew that I would feel anxious in certain situations, yet I never felt compelled to understand why. I just accepted it as truth. Yet it wasn't the truth. It wasn't the real me. And how do I know that? Well, for the last 15 plus years, I haven't had any more panic attacks or anxious moments. You know, anxiety is something which affects me once in a while rather than every hour of every single day. 
And I've learned to understand myself better and recognise where the anxiety was coming from or where it is coming from nowadays and also what to do about it. Because being anxious is your soul's way of bringing something to your attention. There's something which it needs from you. Something is out of alignment. And I was hungry for feeling like I was on the right path in my life at the time, that I was aligned with my truth, that I was right, really in that place of, um, of having connected to my purpose. And I used to be anxious about my, my relationship at the time of having these panic attacks. It turns out that it wasn't the right relationship and that anxiety in my chest, it was a little red flag. It was telling me to trust my instinct. And I used to be anxious about the future. Um, it turns out that my degree and my dream job were not for me after all. Once again, that anxiety was telling me to listen to that inner wisdom of what felt right. So I invite you to have a think about your own anxiety and feelings of panic. Now, what are they all about? What things are you avoiding at the moment? What things would you have to face if you were being honest with yourself? Number 10, you feel like something is missing, but you don't know what. Now, when you have that feeling that something isn't quite right, but you don't quite know what it is and you don't really know what it's all about, I've had moments in my life when I've had this as well, and sometimes it's lasted longer than others. And even though they happened at different times and during different circumstances, they were all indicating that my soul was hungry for something, you know, something else. Maybe it was more of something or less of something. So what could that be for you? If you feel at the moment that something's missing, but you can't quite put your finger on it, sit down with a pen and paper and really just relax into the answer. Don't think about it, just allow your body to guide you. Is it that you're needing more of something? Do you need less of something? What could that be? Even if you feel like you're guessing, what could it be? Now, the final one, number 11, is feeling lost, disconnected and detached. So in 2015, myself and my family, we moved back to the UK and we'd been living in Dubai for close to three years at that point. And it was it was such an adventure, like I'm so grateful for having had the opportunity of experiencing living over there. And I learned so much about myself, you know, especially in the last 12 months that we were there. I I had a really busy hypnotherapy clinic. I was often booked up with back-to-back -back clients for 10 hours at a time. I had clients that used to fly in from all over the place to see me. I'd been on national TV, I'd been featured in the press, but there was a part of me that wasn't loving it. And I found myself sat on beaches or we'd be sat by our swimming pool with this idyllic picture postcard view and feeling completely detached from it all. And I started to feel lost in my own life. And on paper, I had it all, whatever that might mean, but I didn't feel that way. And once again, I blamed myself and I wondered what the hell was wrong with me. You know, why, why wasn't I happy? Why was it that I didn't feel, you know, super connected to all this? Because some people would give anything for this. And yet I was like, mm, don't quite, doesn't feel right. But there wasn't anything wrong with me. Now, my hunger for connection and for nature and for the mountains and, and fresh air and a change in professional direction at the time and also seeing my family more frequently, they were beginning to grow bigger by the day. And my soul was starving to leave the Middle East. And that was scary. 
you know, throwing away my clinic and my reputation that I'd worked so hard to build over three years and leaving this picture postcard perfect lifestyle, but Dubai no longer fed my soul. You know, instead I could feel my soul becoming starved of the things which were of the utmost importance to me. And no amount of beaches, no amount of swimming pools, no amount of polo clubs could feed that. You know, feeling disconnected and lost was showing me that something was out of alignment. And thankfully, my husband Simon, he he was feeling the same. Like he he really is my soulmate, and we are just on the the same page with with everything, which is which is wonderful. So once the decision was made, we packed up and we headed home within six months. You know, we shipped our entire house back. Um, and we had no idea of the future. You know, we had no plans other than the village that we wanted to live in. And we just put our trust in the universe and in the, and in ourselves, actually, to make that move. And 18 months later on, this is still one of the best decisions that we have ever made together as a family. Like, we've got absolutely no regrets. So if you feel lost or disconnected or detached right now, Why? You know, what is it that's missing for you? What is your soul hungry for? What do you need to feed your soul? How do you need to feed your soul? You know, sometimes those things that we recognize and we identify, they can scare the crap out of us because it means that we do have to make some big changes. You know, it would have been so easy for us to have stayed there or for me to have pretended that everything was fine and, and I had my clinic and I was really busy and I had a waiting list and I was making really good money, but actually actually, if I was honest with myself, I wasn't enjoying the life that I had because there were things that were missing for me that my soul was so hungry for. I couldn't ignore it anymore because that wouldn't have been truthful to myself. So there you go. They're the 11 signs that you may have a hungry soul yourself. So how many did you resonate with? Was it a few? Was it more than you suspected? Don't worry if listening to all that, you were like, oh my God, I've got them all. Just use that information now for you to start taking inspired action because that's when you can start to have massive breakthroughs and really start to get down to the root of some of your dissatisfaction in life right now because dieting and losing weight, that's not the answer. That really isn't the answer. But if you need some extra help with this topic, with recognizing your soul hungers with feeding your soul hungers I've created a really beautiful meditation for you which is gonna it's gonna allow you to start figuring out what your soul's really hungry for because remember it's not about the food or the wine or the shopping or anything else which you think is the problem right now all of that's just symptomatic and it's symbolic of a deeper hunger so to get started and to get your hands on that meditation all you need to do is head over to rachelfoy.com forward slash soul hunger meditation and that's my gift from me to you I'd love to know how you get on with that I've been told it's a good one and I actually use it myself as well every once in a while so that's it for now have an awesome day whatever you are up to and I look forward to catching up with you on the next episode of the hungry soul see you later gorgeous